say home is where the heart is. So I wonder why your motherfucker always feeling heartless. Welcome to another episode of Doubly Negative. As always, I'm Chris here with my friend Kyle. Kyle, how are you? I'm doing pretty good, Chris. Um, yeah, I'm in New Hampshire now um, for about a week. Been visiting my dad and first couple of days, I don't know, I was kind of I was kind of down more, like just really lethargic and everything. But then I just started feeling a little better and uh, a little creative. Yeah. And Very started creative. thinking about the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I started thinking about the podcast one night and then the next day I kind of wrote up a Google Doc with some some ideas and I sent it over to you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we, we're, we're going to have a game plan now. Um, the amount of time Kyle and I put into this podcast is the the length of the episode. Yep. You know, you feel like when people are trying to do something and, you know, get things off the ground, you'd put a little more than, you know, the 45 to an hour that we do a week. We don't prep anything. We don't put any additional effort into social media or promotion. We just sit down, hit the record button, talk, and then that's where the work stops. Yeah, and I, I've had this feeling for a while now, like, what are we doing? We get random bursts of, let's fucking do this, and then a lot of the things we suggest when we say, let's fucking do this, we don't do. We'll, yeah. do, we'll pick a few things, and then uh, we'll lose the motivation again. Almost immediately, usually. Yeah, yeah. Usually we don't even start. We have the idea, we talk about it, and we don't even do it at all. And we both really, really get excited to do it. We're yeah. like, this is it. Like, we Look at the space we have. We're still kind of, uh, you know, growing as far as numbers go. And uh, we do nothing to push that along. We uh, do absolutely nothing. It's kind of sad. It is sad, but that's uh, that's the reality of the situation. Yep, two guys that uh, we are committed at least to recording, but absolutely nothing else. Yeah, uh, the fact that we have done this for so long is a miracle in itself. Yeah, yeah, and that's uh, so the what I sent you was uh, a SWOT analysis. The first time I've used my marketing degree in well since I got it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember that 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 phrase SWOT and. Uh, yeah, it's, it stands for strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. And I just outlined some things. I think I was just trying to get my creative juices going because they, they don't even really matter that much. I was just trying to think, what are our strengths? And that's one of the ones I said is that we are consistent. We do record at least. And uh, something about our dynamic and the way that we both benefit from talking to each other makes us keep doing it. So that's that's probably our biggest strength is just the fact that we keep doing it. Yeah, exactly. Because... We don't even like making appointments. Like, look at my hair. Oh, it's just messy as fuck. I can't I, believe it. I haven't gotten a haircut in quite some time. I I'm had disgusted. A, I had a corporate Christmas party over the weekend. You know, you think people are like, oh, I got this party. There's going to be cameras. Let's clean up a little bit, get a haircut, and look as good as possible. I couldn't be bothered to even make the haircut appointment. So, I bet you thought about it a bunch of times, though. Yeah, yeah, and I told myself I got to get one right after the party at least, like mm. this weekend, next week. Still haven't even bothered to kick the tires on that. How was the party? Anything notable? It was good. It's just, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not a social butterfly. So like, I just walk in, me and my wife find our seats, 
we'll eat our food, and we Irish goodbye early. So nothing notable. No, nothing notable at all. You know, just yeah. a couple hi, how you doings, and then I'm on my merry way. I do want to mention that. Um, so I spent a little bit of time on that document. Yeah, and yeah. I sent it over, and you did end up replying later more, but right after you read it, I think you just sent me two words. I'm in. Yeah. And I, w- I was gra- glad to read that, but I also had the feeling, and this is a very specific feeling. Tell me if you've, you've ever experienced this, mm-hmm. where especially with a girl, like let's say you've been dating and it's not serious or anything, but you're kind of excited and maybe you tell her your feelings or something or you or you make like a plan. You, oh, you, give, no. you give her like a really good idea for a date and then she replies like, okay. Or like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? You send a fucking paragraph or two, and then she yeah. says, "Okay," and you're like, "Ah, oh, fuck! I just yeah. completely misjudged this." No, no, no. <laughs> I apologize. I was driving. I was leaving work, and I was walking out of work, and I had just checked my email, so I was reading it. Great, great, great. Love it. Got in the car, started it, typed "I'm in," and then backed up. <laughs> and you didn't like respond back at all, so I was like, maybe I should have gave a little more there. Because I thought there was going to be like a back and forth that we can go into it more. Um, uh, okay. Hmm. Well, maybe that's a lesson to me. That's uh, when when people respond like that, it doesn't necessarily mean anything. Maybe well, they're just driving. I think it just shows that even though we're very long into this relationship, there's there's still that communicate. There's still questions in some of the communication with us, and that's probably where we lack with uh, you know getting the stuff done. So we're growing as a couple. I think this shows us growing as a couple i think so yeah i think so so that's why we work so well because we talk it out right away we don't let it let it simmer Hmm. yep yeah so the meat and the potatoes of that document was the idea i had and i've I've mentioned this before too and we kind of took it seriously before but we didn't really have a plan and the idea the idea is basically that we keep doing the regular podcast but then we release something for the patreon um, but now I think what I, what I put there, it kind of gives us an easy way to do that. Yes. And yeah. And, and that's just to basically, we're going to record at the same time. We're going to do this and then hopefully we'll get, we'll get off after this. And then we'll, we'll start another recording right away in which we have something special to talk about. Maybe something a little bit more personal, um, or, or I think he had put in the document too, we could plan something to ask one another. Um, something specific, just some bonus content uh, for the Patreon that will be once a week. And I am stealing this from that podcast that I started like liking recently called Come Town. Yeah, so um, it's not that we're money hungry whores. It's um, I wouldn't say we're vanilla on here, but we are a little uh, safer. This isn't saying, oh, this is going to be shocking. Never heard before material on the Patreon. It could be a bit controversial. It could. Uh, some may say. Some may say. But, you know, there are certain things, not that we hold back a lot, but stuff that shouldn't really go out to just anybody. So, for our sake and for yours, we can, you know, pump it up a little bit. The Patreon will be jam-packed with probably a little more controversial and a little more personal topics since we know it's not going out to the masses. And you know what, too? I had that same feeling like, oh, I don't want to be money grabbing or whatever. But then I thought, you know what? We got listeners that have been listening to us for over a year. 
if they can't give us five dollars a month, why don't they suck my dick? Cut that. Um, so we love why all don't of you. you guys? Why don't you guys suck my dick? Yeah, and you know, it supporting your friends, right? So we're trying to do something with this a share. Uh, and you got a choice right now. If you want to support us, you can subscribe to our Patreon or you can suck my dick. The numbers are just cut in half next time. <laughs> <laughs> or I just get so many blow shops. <laughs> yeah, you get well. We are dedicated, but I am not giving five dollars a month, so I will just give you a good sucking. No, but I think I mean it would be pretty cool to see the Patreon grow. That would be super cool, and that is part of this. But it's also um for me, it's also about getting excited about something again. Yeah. It's just like doing something a little bit different, um, changing it up. Building something and seeing the progress. Yeah. Yeah. Like and even myself, I used to be obsessed with the numbers, the downloads. I would check them constantly, all the time. Now, I sometimes I don't even check them after an episode releases. And there's something about building something from the ground up and making it something way bigger than you thought it was going to be. So, like you said, being excited and being able to see the progress as we go along, right? Mm-hmm. That That's part of the enjoyment, the excitement. Yeah, and the Patreon, it's not like it's not like we ever we never put anything on there. There actually is a bunch of content on there over the time we've had this podcast. Like if it, that'll all be unlocked when you subscribe to it's not just for the people that were already there. Yeah, there's I mean, there's probably there's definitely 20 hours at least of audio content. I've written a, a few things. Um but I think we have a small core of very loyal Patreon people and I'm saying that because they're so loyal and it's such like a, a close relationship that we don't really feel um, obligated to give them stuff regularly. Like we know yeah. them, we know that they're not upset with us if we don't release anything. So it kind of makes us relaxed. Um, yeah. And that's, I mean, that's, it's kind of a good thing. It's it's not really a good thing for us though, creatively. So no, this, we're wildly inconsistent. Yeah. This is more of a, a commitment. And like before, for example, you had the idea to do the series with your wife about trying to have a baby and, and you had this loose commitment in your head. Okay. I'm going to put out these, these podcasts at some regular basis, but it just wasn't enough of a commitment. Yeah. And, and, it, and a lot of it is because I don't know when you're not seeing the numbers grow, it is a little discouraging, but exactly. I mean, yeah. It's no one's fault, but our own. I think it's also the fault of the people that won't suck my dick. Yeah. That's your part. Yeah. You're partially at fault. Um, you, you Belgians. I heard we got some Belgian listeners. I don't know what you're doing. But it's gonna take you a long time to fly over here and suck my dick. Italian, and then now we got some Kenya listeners. So we're international superstars. Just I'm gonna Google the the best dick suckers in the world. I wonder if any of our listeners are in these countries. And just know going forward, this type of material is gonna be on the Patreon. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's what we're gonna do. But I'm excited. I'm ready to go. Um, well, well, actually, for example, sorry to cut you off. Did no, I? No, it's you fine. Off? It's fine. Okay. I was going nowhere with that, so I needed you there. So, well, actually, maybe we can just get into the episode, and then it'll come naturally. But I do have an idea of something that I don't want to. I actually don't want to talk about it on the regular podcast. But um, do you yeah. want me to just get into it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll hop right in. 
So uh, the the thing that's been going on with me being back in Rhode Island, and uh, it took me a while to get started, but it was to take my own mental health seriously. Um, and I, I finally made an appointment with an, an in-person therapist. I did that. Um, and then the next step was actually to make an appointment with a psychiatrist. And that was a bitch. I had to call a bunch of them, but I did that. Yeah. And uh, I had my appointment with my psychiatrist for the first time. I never saw a psychiatrist before, but I, I actually did that in this very spot in this room uh, on Wednesday. And that was interesting. Um, do you have any idea what it would be like to talk to a psychiatrist? Do you have do you know what that is? I have zero clue. I know they're able to prescribe medication. Unlike and that is what I they see. do. Yeah. Yeah, and that is what they do. You, you, I'm sure the the phrase is very common these days. Um, if all you got a, is a hammer, all you see is a nail. Um, the idea is if if you just do one thing, that's what you see. And and psychiatrists, they're not going to try to like. Let's say you've got depression or anxiety, and maybe the reason is your lifestyle is out of whack. They are not that interested. Um, and I'm, I'm basing this on one appointment and also my friend's experiences, but this is what I've heard by and large. They are just going to ask you your symptoms. They're going to try to diagnose you and they're going to prescribe you something. And that's exactly what happened. I talked to this woman. Um, I, I don't know. I guess you could be a nurse practitioner, psychologist, psychiatrist too. I'm not sure, but I, I didn't even learn anything about her. Um, I don't remember her name, but she just said, did you fill out the questionnaires on your client portal? And I said, oh, I think I did. And she said, well, you didn't fill out these. And there was one for depression, one for anxiety, one for mood disorders, and it was just a list of 10 questions, a lot like the one we did on our very first podcast for depression. Yep. And I answered them quickly while I was on the call with her, um, and then she looks at my scores and she goes, okay, um, I'm going to start you on Abilify. Uh, so we'll start with a low dosage. Here's the side effects. Da, 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 Do you have any questions? And I was like, uh, what about the, you know, and I asked a couple questions about medication. But the whole thing was just to get me on something. And I think that's what psychiatrists do, by and large. Yeah, they just take a look at the scores and say, sure. See, that makes me more skeptical than I was before. I don't know, man. I think the system is pretty broken. Um, and I can talk a little bit more about that because I, I had a – John Blowski has had a fuck of an experience recently. I'll, I'll probably share but um, I think it's really important to take your own care into your own hands. You gotta you gotta be responsible for what's going on and kind of understand it. Because something I said last time, and I think it's true, is I think medication is both underprescribed and overprescribed. So I think there's a lot of people that might be going through something short term. But they decide to see a psychiatrist, and you're just going to get put some, put on something. If you see a psychiatrist, you're probably going to get put on something. Yeah. Um. But then again, you know, I've been going through this for a long time. I've been thinking about it for a long time, and I kind of <clears> went into the appointment, kind of knowing that I wanted to be put on something. So I got something. So I I don't know, whatever. But did it make you feel um? like a little hesitant to take it to see how easy it was to just go in and grab it. Like it wasn't the psychiatrist wasn't testing you and seeing she just was going off of your answers. So did it make you kind of feel like you're not really guarding this enough? There is that feeling, but I got to a point recently where I just decided, okay, I'm going to try it. So I'm not yeah. hesitant at all. The only reason I'm 
I, I have hesitated at this point is because it's waiting for me at a pharmacy in Rhode Island and I'm still in New Hampshire. But as okay. soon as I get back, I'll take it. I mean, that's not even hesitating. That's just, yeah, I haven't taken it yet. So that kind of answers the question I had for you after uh, I knew you had that appointment. And um, sorry, Michelle is looking through Christmas decorations right now and it's very distracting. Uh, I knew you had that appointment. So I was thinking maybe Kyle started taking the medication and all of a sudden he has this extra motivation and that's why you wrote up that SWOT analysis. Uh, that would be cool if I knew that something would work that way on me and I would start yeah. feeling better. But um, I don't think that's the case. However, I did do something that is extremely unadvised. Everybody will tell you not to do this. Everybody in your life, everybody in the mental health profession, they will tell you not to do this. And I did do it. I'll tell you what that is on Patreon. Um, but maybe that had a role. I don't know. This isn't done intentionally to promote the Patreon. This is done because this is actually something Kyle doesn't want to talk about. And I swear, I swear because, and this is the proof, I actually started doing this last week. And I thought about talking around the podcast and I was just like, I don't want to. I'm just embarrassed and it's pretty stupid. Yeah. And I haven't. Uh, you don't have even no know idea, what it is. I have no idea what this is. Yeah. Is it heroin? Something similar. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, God. I was going to say, all right, thank you for tuning in. <laughs> I can't wait to hear it. I mean, whew, can't imagine the Patreon listeners, right? You know? No, no. But um, but really, I did. Um. I think the psychiatrist appointment was something pretty big in my mind because afterwards I did feel some sort of a weight lifted. I felt kind of lighter and I, it, it seems logical that just the act of getting it done made me feel better in some way. And I think that has more to do with it being this huge goal or this huge obstacle that I thought was really almost impossible. Like, going through the healthcare system, getting insurance, getting a therapist, and then getting to a psychiatrist. I think I wanted to do it, but in, for some reason, it seemed insurmountable. Um, and then actually going through the process, I think now I feel like my goals have been accomplished. I've, I did yeah. it. I, you I set did out, what I came to do. Yeah, you set out to do something, and you actually took the steps and got the stuff done. So that's, yeah. that's, that's big. I mean, we've talked about this before. Uh, we don't like making appointments we don't like actually having stuff to do and you actually came home like you had to do a lot you had to take like a 24-hour plane ride to even start this process that for me right there out not doing it <laughs> yeah. that's it this is my yeah. life but you did it and you know you had those goals along the way too. fly home get insurance in-person visit psychiatrist so like you had all these steps and milestones to hit along the way um which could have kept your motivation going you know if it's something as easy as a phone call it's easy to put that off because you don't have like you can do that whenever right? that or it's just not an easy thing to do either um especially when you're feeling depressed and uh it was super hard for me. I thought about it every day for a long time. Um, and this, this happened twice to me because one to get the therapist in person took a lot of phone calls, called a lot of places. And then to call a psychiatrist, I had to call a lot of psychiatrists and, uh, there's something very vulnerable about making those phone calls in the first place. And you're not, when you're depressed, you just don't have the energy. 
And I even uh, I was reading this this blog for, from someone with bipolar, um, Lyle McDonald, and he was describing something that I've definitely felt myself. And it, he described it very well. It's called the windshield wiper effect. I think he made up the term, but when you're going through these depressions and then the feelings of elevated mood, this is exactly what's happened to me for 10 years, dude. So whenever I would go through a depression, I would start to feel like maybe I need some help. Maybe I should talk to somebody, but because I was depressed, I didn't have the energy to do it. Um, I just couldn't fucking call. And I made a couple attempts a a few times and it just, it was just too hard. But then through life circumstances and I think time is the biggest factor I would just start feeling better and then when I started feeling better then I had the energy to make the call but I just thought what's the point I don't need to call I'm fine yeah I fixed it myself and then that would go on for a while and then I would fall back into depression and then the same cycle would repeat itself so it's just it just never happened Um, yeah especially in the beginning it's tough to decipher which feelings you're having are circumstantial and which are just your normal patterns so i'm sure at first you think all right life has its ups and downs this is circumstantial depression it's not like you're upset because you should be upset exactly yeah so there's actually a mini windshield wiper in the bigger one the bigger one is the depression and then the high elevated mood but the the smaller one is just the depression itself and when the depression is mild enough you're like Ah, it's okay. Whether it's circumstantial or not, you'll you'll just say, ah, it's okay. It'll, you know, it'll pass. But then when it gets really severe, that's when you're like, I'm fucked, but I can't do anything about it. And one of the signature pieces of depression is hopelessness. Mm-hmm. You feel like um it's this feeling like even if I could do something about it, it wouldn't work anyway. And it's gonna take a lot of effort. So fuck yeah. it. I'm not gonna do it. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. I don't know why I haven't connected those doubts before, but you just connected them for me. That's what I do. That's why they pay me the zero bucks. <laughs> yep. Yep. He's the dot connector. Yep. Yeah. That feeling of hopelessness is like, like why bother trying? I'm going to fail. Or like why bother going to see? Cause you were skeptical with mental health professionals in general. You always thought kind of, eh, it's not going to work. So why bother? So you've had that hopelessness, not just with, you know, medication's not going to work or, psychotherapy is not going to work so that just keeps you from wanting to do absolutely anything why bother why bother and that's still there largely um i still feel very skeptical and kind of hopeless but um one one thing that's kind of made me feel the other way is that i've just read so many experiences now like especially on reddit and talking to a few people and like there are some people that get better with medication there definitely are um Unless they're lying, unless all of them are lying, because there's so many posts, especially that say, I've been on this medication for 10 years. It helps me. Without it, I would be screwed. I would, a lot of people say without it, I would have been dead. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of people that say they're, they're pretty stable after doing that. And I don't know that that, that applies to everything with therapy and stuff. So it, I don't know. There, there There is some reason to be optimistic, but. I still have a lot of pessimism too. Yeah, it is strange, isn't it? Because you look at all these people that do say, like there's statistics behind it. Like you said, not everyone's lying. No one's lying. There's statistics, there's use cases, there's you know, you, there's something you can draw a comparison to, but you still have that block in your head like, no. And that could be from 
the hopelessness feeling and the depression. Yeah. <clears throat> and there's another layer of it too, because uh, I'll, I'll talk to John Blowski about this type of stuff. Mm-hmm. John Blowski is a great guy. And um, so he's dealing with the same stuff I am too with um, bipolar. So you, you feel like shit and then you feel good. And if you're, let's say, let's say if you have a lack of awareness or you have a lack of experience, there's a tendency when you feel good to feel like you've figured it out. Yeah. And this is what I felt, especially in my twenties. And, um, I even remember talking to my mom one time I called her when I was feeling good and I was, I just come out of a huge depression and, I started working out again. I started meditating and, and I, I attributed my, um, my recovery to that. And I had this feeling like, Oh, I got it. I I beat it. I I figured it out. And, and I, as I was talking to my mom, I had this excited tone and something felt familiar. And, And I said to my mom, have we had this conversation before? Have I told you that I figured it out before? And she said, yeah, yeah. A couple times. Damn. And the reason I mention this is because it's not um, it's not unfeasible to think that a lot of the people writing those posts on Reddit or sharing positive experiences are simply going through a high. Um, and that's what Jumblowski says. Jumblowski is even more pessimistic than me usually, and he would say anyone who's feeling better is lying. And I think this would be his depression talking. I think I think the depression would make him even more pessimistic. But he has a tendency to say that, no, everybody's going through shit and it doesn't get better. And all these accounts are lies. And I don't believe it to my core, but there is some element of it that I um, that I fear he's right. That I fear that even the people that say, I've got it, I've got it figured out. Maybe they don't. Maybe they just wrote that post in a moment where they were feeling good and then they're fucked later. Um, so I just mentioned that because that is something that happens. And you'll see that. And Sorry to keep going on this rant, but that is something that happens with this type of stuff and especially with self-improvement gurus and all sorts of stuff as people that say, oh, this worked for me. Well, in the moment. Exactly. Are you sure? Are you sure it's working for you for your fucking life? Or maybe it's working for you, or maybe it's a placebo effect. Maybe you feel good right now, but in six months again, you're even lower than you were before. Yeah. So I don't think there's an end all be all. This will work and it'll fix you for life. The goal, I think, is to find different things to sustain that very high period. I mean, you have those high periods, but you can't sustain it. We have these periods where we're working out, but we don't sustain it. Uh, meditating constantly, but we don't sustain it. The goal is to you know keep finding these things to help you sustain that high period. And it might be different every time. There's, I don't think there is an end-all be-all. For some people, there might be, but I feel like you're similar to me where you'll find something for a while, get bored with it, and need something else. So for guys like us, the the path's a little different. It's not, oh, found this thing. This is awesome. I just keep doing this and I feel good. For us, we have to kind of adapt and, you know, latch on to these things when we find them. I'll make a small correction too, because you said you want to maintain the high. 
it's actually more like in my case, it would be probably sacrificing some of the high as a reward for, or, or as a, as a cost for sacrificing most of the low. All right. Yeah. So finding a level. Yes. Because my problem personally is that I'll just, I mean, the highs are cool. I like the highs. They're fun, but most of my life is spent in the low and we can kind of, I can deal with it. Sorry, you got, go ahead. When the low is like, let's say on a scale of zero to 10, right. And like, let's say zero is baseline and 10 is super low. I I don't, I don't know how low other people get. I guess you must be at a 10 to commit suicide. Right. But let's say for myself, 10 is the worst I've ever gotten. I do spend some time between seven and 10 and my hope, my true hope, my vulnerable hope is that I could get rid of that. And if medication or whatever I'm doing, if, if the combination of all the things I try can get rid of that, and then I spend some time in the zero to four or five, which, which means, and I, and I do think that's realistic. I think even Certainly. people that take the, the medication, they're still going to feel depressed sometimes, but maybe it just won't be as severe and maybe it won't last as long. Yes. And that, that's my goal. Yeah, because it's not about not feeling any negative emotion whatsoever. It's feeling mm-hmm. it when you're supposed to feel it. Yes. That's like or, with the yeah. anxiety and nervousness. People are like, oh, I have anxiety. It's like, no, you should be nervous at this point. You, you're right to be nervous. Um, the ang- it's becomes anxiety like when it's irrational. Like someone dies in your family, you should be sad. You're not. You don't have depression. I could be speaking out of turn here, but it's normal to feel like that when someone dies. I don't think you're speaking out of turn. I think that's right. And for someone like me too, maybe there's that stuff. And then maybe there is some cyclical thing that I'm just going to go through for the rest of my life, but maybe I can make it less severe. Maybe I'm still going to feel sad even when there's no logical reason. There's no obvious reason, but Maybe it doesn't have to be so severe. And just to kind of piggyback off what you're saying, I think that is the biggest lie of this whole space. And when we're talking this whole space, I mean drugs, therapy, self-improvement, diet, exercise. I think the biggest lie of this entire thing is that it's possible to be happy all the time to be elevated all the time. I, and I think a lot of people buy into it. They, and the gurus and stuff will, will sell this lie. Like, the, Oh, you, the, you just do this. The influencer, like yeah. gurus, the TikTok generation, like it's so bad. Yeah. They, they sell you this lie that if you just follow this advice, you'll be good all the time. I think that is a total lie. I don't think that's possible. I think there's a baseline. You're going to go up and up and down. And I think it's all almost going to equal out in the end. And that's that should be the goal. The goal should be to not feel bad all the time. But yeah, but but it's a lie. And it, no matter what you do, I don't think you're ever going to escape feeling low sometimes. No. And and I don't think it's a bad thing to feel those lows either, especially if you're supposed to be feeling them. It means you're a human being uh, like in gambling. You can't enjoy those highs without the lows, baby. True enough. Yeah. The highs feel much higher than they actually are because you've gone through the lows. That's true. That's true. How about you, man? Um, you have therapy this week? 
I did not have therapy this week. Uh, overall, my anxiety has been good, though. Uh, I think, yeah, it's been normal, like more normal. What I don't know. Mean? I heard a clip speaking of TikTok. I forgot the exact clip. And I told myself, don't bother referencing this on the podcast because I tried to remember it and I couldn't remember it well then. But here we are. I'll give it a shot. I think it was Bill Burr. No, I know it was Bill Burr. And he said something about, you know, having those negative feelings and worrying about things when they happen. And he said, isn't it better to not, isn't it better to like walk around not worrying about those things? When it happens, it happens. You deal with it then. Why are you dealing with it now when it hasn't happened yet? And I kind of told myself, like tell myself that on occasion when I'm feeling nervous. I'll deal with it when it happens. And I, I tell this to Michelle all the time because she'll worry about things in the future, you know, especially with like uh, the miscarriages and stuff. That's like a big thing she's worried about now that we're trying again. And I always kind of tell her, let's not have those negative thoughts now, right? It might not happen. So when it happens, we deal with it. So that kind of stuck with me throughout the week. And I've been trying to tell myself in moments where I get kind of over anxious for no reason. Um. And it's helping. So, I mean, just trying to, I guess, getting like a mantra or something, a phrase or words that you can kind of go back to. Because when I heard it in the moment, I was thinking, okay, that makes a lot of sense. Like, I felt good hearing someone else say that. So now anytime I go to that place where I'm feeling anxious for no reason, I'll kind of think about those words and it kind of, as cheesy as it sounds, like gets me down out of that bad, anxious space. I think there's something to that. And that does work to some extent. But I also think, well, I would say there's nothing wrong with it. But I would say the danger is in if it didn't work for you at some point and then you felt bad about it. And you felt like, oh, Bill Burr said I should just be able to not worry about it. But I can't. And um this reminds me of Andrew Tate too. Um, Fucking hate that guy. <laughs> so I like him actually. Cut that. I like him. <laughs> no one's gonna subscribe to our Patreon now. He's hilarious, and a lot of what he says about society and uh, men, and women, on. and stuff. No, not to do that. I gotta get to a point here. <laughs> but he says something in a similar vein about depression, and he says like, "I don't believe in depression." Uh, he's basically victim blaming he's saying like if you give in to depression you're weak you're perpetuating your own depression um and he just doesn't believe in it so he doesn't get depressed i think that's a fundamental misunderstanding and i think on some level what burr is saying is also a fundamental misunderstanding and this is what i was talking about when i was talking about with the zero to ten thing i think depression or anxiety if you're dealing with a zero one or two that type of thing might be enough. You might say, okay, I don't need to worry about this. He's right. Because maybe that phrase or that mantra or whatever kind of changes some gears in your thinking and you come out of it. But if you're dealing with something severe, severe anxiety, severe depression, of course, these people that say these things, they either simply don't experience it or they lack the awareness and the experience that I was talking about to remember it because this is a big thing in, in this type of stuff too is memory. Maybe they're feeling good when they say that. I've probably said similar shit, man. I've been, I've been doing podcasts for 10 years. I've probably said that shit. I'm sure I've said that shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's just not 
fucking true. It's just not. Yeah, but I mean, I just want to be clear and say he wasn't sitting there preaching. He was just doing an interview and kind of said it like mid-conversation, and it was just a very casual thing to him. He wasn't being the entertainer. He was like, hey, if you're feeling bad, he wasn't doing that. No, that's cool. That's cool. And 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 like I said, I do think there is some value to it, and I think it can help some people. But In certain situations. Like you but, said, severity is going to alter. It's going to change. It's not going to be so easy to just say, oh, well, but yeah, if you're in that low two, three, four zone, maybe it'll work. But when you get to the sixes, sevens, eights, that's not going to work. And, and the real danger, um, well, the one that affects me is if you're someone that goes through those ranges, let's say you, you, you do feel, let's take anxiety. Sometimes you feel a two, sometimes you feel a seven. You might spin your wheels for years or decades because what happens is you deal with it sometimes, you don't deal with it sometimes. And you go, you're scrolling on TikTok, you see something like that, and you say, This is just what I got to do. And then you spend a couple weeks working on that, and then it doesn't work. And then you see something, you see some other influencer or something. And, and again, I'm not painting Burr as an influencer, I'm just giving an example, right? Yeah, yeah. But then you see the fucking liver king. And for two months, you decide I'm going to eat liver. That's the answer. And that doesn't work because it's on steroids. Yes. And then you find something else and you think this is the answer. And you end up just wasting your fucking time and blaming yourself and feeling like a failure when in reality, you just bought into a bunch of people that were selling bullshit. And it's not even your fault because they stacked the deck against you. They used all their power. They're literally influencers. And you got tricked over and over and over again. And I think this is what happened to me for a while, for for, for a long time. I just got kind of tricked. And I found a bunch of things that did work. I found some coping mechanisms and some ways to feel better. But by and large, I was sold a dream. I was sold the fucking American dream, and it never materialized because nobody has the answer. And if they tell you they have the answer, they're fucking lying. Yeah, no, there's no answer. No one answer. Everyone's different. The way people cope, it's just everyone is so goddamn different. There's no answer. Did we talk about the Liver King? We probably did, right? I don't remember. I don't think so. Well, because he's a great example. It's, it's a someone who tells, "Oh, I don't take testosterone. I don't do any of this. I do it from liver and doing the nine ancestral tenets." And yeah, he's then, like he's in his forties or fifties, right? And he's so fucking jacked. He's like an action hero. It was so obvious that he was on sauce. And if you're one of the people that fell for it, good. You deserve that. You just completely went against what I was saying. No, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I had to do it. I had to. Um <laughs> <laughs> that's funny oh, I had to. bless you thank you um so yeah so he, he was selling this idea you live by my ancestral tenets and you you eat my diet and you'll you'll be good you'll you'll do it and he went on all these podcasts and he said i'm not taking anything i'm just living right and um the real reason I bring this up is because I watched uh, this breakdown of him from uh, More Plates, More Dates. Do you know mm-hmm. that YouTube channel? Yeah, he was on Rogan recently. I think they talked about it. Yeah, he put out a really good video about Liver King. And my favorite part of it was when he was talking about what a charlatan is. And I've heard this term before. I kind of knew instinctually what it was, but he described it 
on a better level. And a charlatan is someone who tells you, I have the answer explicitly. The difference between a charlatan and like an expert, like, you know, you might follow an expert on YouTube about mental health and they'll tell you measured advice. They'll say this type of stuff helps. I don't have the answer, but this, you know, that's, that's a, that's a reasonable person. Liver King is a charlatan because he said, this is the answer. You do this and you will be like me. You will be good. Now the big liver King lie is that he was telling everybody that he's not on anything, but his emails were leaked with his full fucking steroid cycle. And he's on a bunch of shit. So much shit. Yeah, for years, for decades. All, all the shit that you could possibly take. Yeah. He's so, on it. So he's a fucking charlatan. He's lying to people, and he probably justifies it in his head, and he thinks, well, I am helping people. I am giving some. And you know what? I'm sure there's a lot of people getting a short-term boost of, boost of motivation, and they were living a little bit healthier, and they were feeling a little bit better. So he kind of did, but at the end of the day, he also sold a lie that yeah. fucked a lot of people over, too. And he is not the first. He is not the last. He is in a massive, ever-expanding pool of bullshit artists. Ever-expanding. It is getting bigger and bigger all the time. Yeah, and you know what? We get big enough, we might turn into one of them. And for the right price, I'll become a charlatan. Yeah. Just kidding. It, it, It is a way to get rich. Yeah, and that's all it is to all of them. I don't think any... I mean, I can't just throw a blanket on the whole influencer pool, but I don't think any of them actually give a fuck if you get any good feeling, better, have better health, mental health, whatever it is, whatever they're trying to sell you. I don't think any of them actually give a fuck if you do. All they care about is, is that check clearing? Maybe. Um... Yeah, it is a blanket for sure. I, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of them were going through some sort of a hypomania or a mania and they really felt they figured it out. And Yeah, it definitely can start with good intention, but I think by the time all the cash gets involved and there's more uh, hands in the cookie jar, those good intentions kind of fade to the back. Yeah, I guess it does. It is something complicated. I mean, um, not complicated, but um, what do you say? It's something like premeditated and to 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 actually sell something like that and to build a whole plan. That is that is something because I was just thinking, you know, I told you that uh, like ten years ago, I was I was kind of like I I had my first podcast, the Kyle Cast, and I was going through a high. And I was trying to share my ideas about feeling better. Um, so I was kind of comparing myself. But the, the difference is I wasn't selling anything. I didn't I didn't premeditate a package that I wanted to sell to people. Then again, I did have that idea. No, I, I could see I could be I could see becoming a charlatan by accident yeah. almost. Yeah. Yeah, it, it can happen on accident. You know the idea I had? What was the idea? So I was living with um should I say it's pretty obvious who Jumblowski is to anyone that listens to this? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I was living with someone and um we were going that. we were going through this high and we were doing all the good stuff. We were meditating, working out, and we were feeling so good. And I think he came up with the idea, and it was um we could sell some sort of a uh, a package to guys, like and, and these guys are the same people that are the 
the target of people like Andrew Tate and Liver King, but just young men who aren't feeling good. And the idea is um, they would come stay with us and we would have some sort of a schedule where wake up and meditate and then work out and then do all these things and kind of like a boot camp for feeling better. And uh, it's, it's right on that line where it probably would help some people, but it's also not the answer. That would have grown into some more scammy stuff. The cult definitely would have been started. Yeah, I would love Lots to start of, a cult. Yeah, if if it you're selling a package where it's hey, come you know stay with us, we'll meditate, we're gonna do some ayahuasca. There's a lot of sucking and fucking happening at that. Yeah, retreat. I was just about to say they would have sucked my dick at some point. Yeah, so it uh, <laughs> thank God that didn't get off the ground because you could probably you'd probably be in jail right now. Because you'd start sacrificing other men so you could have their wives, and it would have been a disaster. But it would have been a good run, though, for a little I, while. It would have been a good run. Oh, while the run was going on, it would have been, you know, parties every night. Like I said, lots of sucking and fucking. Oh, yeah. It, it would have been so fun. Jizz everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? It's one of those things that you don't hide. You'd lie, line the retreat in black light so people could see how much fun you're having they'd oh, say yeah i want to be here and i would be just wiping the jizz with hundred dollar bills you know yeah it would, and oh, sticking it to the wall for the yeah just hundred dollar <laughs> bills with jizz plastered to the wall all over my room with black lights and a bunch yeah. of young men getting yeah. jacked and doing handsome men too. they would have been Jiu-Jitsu was part of it, too. We would have been doing jujitsu and meditating and yeah. fucking and sucking. Oh, man. Speaking of, maybe we talk about another story that you told me once that you didn't want to tell the other people. Oh, on the Patreon, for sure. Yes. Yeah, oh that's on the God. Patreon. Yeah, Worth the price of admission. We might have to raise the price. We Chris's might... favorite story ever. Oh, it's so good. So we can... <laughs> we're gonna do one episode right now. We could probably cut it off here. We yeah, let's do like, that. You know, we'll do one episode right now. And it'll be, you know, the medication story, but this has got to be the next one. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll commit to that. I'll, I'll tell the story on Patreon. Fuck yes. Okay. So we're going to end it here. We probably should have put this at the front of the show, but you can find the Patreon links in the link tree in my bio. There's also an OnlyFans there if you want to see other stuff, which I might combine it with soon. So um, link is in the bio. Maybe you can cut something in the beginning of this to kind of say hey we're trying to revamp the, the or like throw it in there even if you have to like we'll talk about it after yeah i, I can do it I, I know how to yeah i'm okay. a smart guy i'll figure it out okay i love you kyle love you too this is life being bound to love